Hey guys, today's going to be a bit of a different episode. I was sitting at work the other day and I was wondering why the cardinal is our state bird. And so I decided to look it up and that kind of sent me down a rabbit hole and I got a, a whole bunch of stuff to tell you. Like our state motto, our state art medium, our state folk dance, our state blueberry, our state food festival, and a whole lot more. So stick around and you'll hear all about our state symbols. Welcome to the NC Everything Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis, and this is the weekly show where I talk about everything that has anything to do with North Carolina. Like I said in the intro, this is going to be a different show, um, not just because of the content, but also I'm trying to uh, sink or swim myself into YouTube, so I hadn't really went through these notes too good. I've I've looked through them when I put them in there, but I, I want this show to be more casual, and so I'm actually making myself more uncomfortable, and I'm hoping that's going to help me in the long run on YouTube, and that kind of sounds backwards, but uh, we'll see how it goes. The thing is, so far I've been going through and editing out every little tiny flaw I don't like, and I don't like doing that, so uh, I'm going to try to leave more in, and uh, you'll get more raw material, I suppose. I don't know if that's something you're going to like or not. Another thing is, I've been making sure I stare at the camera, I want to make sure I give you my attention, and I, I know that's important, but uh, I do have a bunch of notes to go through on a typical show, so I'm going to not stress over that quite as much. But I will try to look up every once in a while, not just stare at my computer. And as you can see, if you're watching instead of listening, I'm back indoors today. The reason that is, mostly, is because it's 22 degrees outside. and uh, I don't like the cold weather that much. I'm, I was born in May. I'm a May baby. And uh, I, don't, I don't do too good with the cold. Plus, if you listened, I don't know if it came through on the podcast, but I know on the video for, for last week, there was this bird this incessant bird that kept just making noise the whole time I was recording. And I mean, you could hear my chickens. I heard them and there was an occasional crow, but there was some bird close by and I didn't hear it until I played it back because, you know, I wasn't wearing my headphones when I was recording. So I didn't hear it till later, but um, I hope it wasn't too annoying, but there's some sort of bird there just the whole time, just raising cane. And that's not going to stop me from recording outside. Again, it's just cold today. But I do want you to know that if you start the video on the YouTube side of this, if you start the video and you see that I'm outside, there's no telling what you might hear or even see. And the last thing I'll say about that is um, on the YouTube side, again, if you watched the video, the mic sounded really strange or it did to me. I was trying out a, a different mic and I don't like the way that that sounded. But I'm back on my regular mic today, so hopefully the sound quality is better. And I'm probably going to try a few different mics out as we go. Most likely, I won't know how they sound till after, but we'll take care of those problems when they come up. So now let's get into the content. So this is going to be about state symbols, and it's state everything I could find. I'm sure it's not a comprehensive list. There was a lot of different things, and some things there just wasn't a whole lot to say. Like our state colors is red and blue. Um, I, I don't really know how to expound on that. So that's what I mean when I say it's not a, a full list. I'm sure there's 
uh, state things that you'll think of that I didn't include on here. But let's get into it. The first state thing is our state motto. It's Esse Quam Videri. And I'm not Latin, so I don't know if I said that properly, but Esse Quam Videri. It means to be rather than to seem. And I looked this up. It's traced back to an essay by Cicero called Friendship. And before 1893, North Carolina didn't have a motto. And it turns out it was actually the last of the 13 original colonies to get a state motto. Now, the seal or the great seal of North Carolina, it had the Latin phrase, K. Sarah Tamen Respexit. Uh, that sounds like a magic spell. And that means, which through late looked upon me. And that's referencing the, the figure of liberty that's on the great seal of North Carolina. But K. Sarah Tamen Respexit was not our official state motto. And the last thing I'll say about the motto, the actual motto, S.A. Quam Videri, a historian named Walter Clark picked the motto and he drafted a bill for it in 1893. Well, Senator Jacob Battle, who was from Nash County, introduced the bill to the General Assembly, and today you can find it on the Great Seal and the Coat of Arms. Now, the nickname of North Carolina. I'm assuming all of you know the North Carolina nickname, the Tar Heel State. This is one I've heard my whole life. But also, my whole life, I've heard that nobody really knows where this name comes from. I've looked into it a lot over the past couple of weeks, and that seems to be true. Nobody really knows where the name comes from. But there are some theories. Now, most people agree that the Tar Heel State comes from the fact that early on, when we were a colony, we were the biggest producer of naval stores in the world. And if you don't know what naval stores are, that's the shipbuilding materials so tar pitch rosin turpentine and a lot of that comes from pine trees so naturally down east if you go down east you'll see all those pines so north carolina was known worldwide for its production of naval stores notably tar now there's a bunch of uh, legends and rumors and stuff like that about how we got the tar hill state or the tar hill state nickname the one i heard most of my life and i've heard it switched between Revolutionary War and Civil War, but during one of the wars, uh, a bunch of North Carolina guys were out there fighting. Well, everybody else ran off the field. They got, you know, they retreated and they ran, but the North Carolina boys, they stayed and they fought. And after the battle, they were complimented and everybody was, you know, really giving a hoorah to the North Carolina boys. And then this is where growing up, it gets kind of shady, but they commented on the tar on these, these guys' heels, which probably was a metaphor, most likely was a metaphor. Now, in my research, I found that similar story, but then I found this extra part. It says, after that battle, the following conversation kind of took place. The guys who ran off the field, they said, is there any more tar down there in the old North State boys? And they answered, no, not a bit. Old Jeff's bought it all up. And they're talking about Jefferson Davis, president of the Confederacy. So this is reference to the Civil War. They said, is that so? What's he going to do with it? And the Carolina boys responded, he's going to put it on your heels to make you stick better in the next fight. So really, they were talking trash. Now, there is a book called Grandfather's Tales of North Carolina History by R.B. Creasy. And he has a section in there. He refers to the, the origin of the Tar Hill state name. And it's kind of similar. He more or less says that the name Tar Hill state comes from the Carolina boys because they stuck to their bloody work like they had tar on their heels. And that's referencing the, you know, fighting in battle too. 
Now, not to kick a dead horse, but somewhere over time, somebody had to see somebody from North Carolina with tar on their actual heel. Otherwise, why wouldn't they call them tar hand boys or tar arm boys or even tar head boys? That doesn't sound very nice. Anyway, that's all I have on the Tar Heel State. Now let's talk about our state bird, the Cardinal. In the 1930s, the North Carolina Federation of Women's Clubs well, they passed a, a resolution and they wanted the Carolina chickadee to be the state bird. But there was a problem with the Carolina chickadee. The chickadee's nickname is the Tom Tit. And the state government didn't want North Carolina to be known as the Tom Tit state. And so, of course, we had to change it. Well, in the early 40s, they kind of took a vote to see you know, what people wanted our state bird to be. And in 1943, the Cardinal became the North Carolina state bird. It received 5,000 votes and the dove, the morning dove come in second with 3,400 doves. Now I can tell you a, a little short story here. I got up one morning a few years ago, it had snowed pretty much all night. And I got up one morning and I was at the kitchen window making my coffee. And I looked out and we had a bird feeder out there and I seen a Cardinal come up and land on the bird feeder and I've seen him before. The Cardinal's a pretty bird, I, I assure you. It's certainly one of my favorites, so I've always thought it was pretty. But this Cardinal comes up and then another one and then another one. And so I had all these beautiful red birds all over my bird feeder. But the thing was, it had snowed all night, so I had this backdrop of just solid white. And it was one of the most beautiful things I've seen. And I sit there drinking my coffee for probably 30, 40 minutes watching these birds. And it was definitely the favorite part of my day that day. And, you know, a lot of birds are, are I'm not saying they're ugly, but they have uh, not as exciting colors. You know, I mean, I like birds. I'm a big fan of birds. I've even dabbled in bird watching. But a lot of the birds look uh, average. But then you got the cardinal, it's bright red. And then you got the, the goldfinch, and it's, you know, bright yellow. But anyway, these birds with these distinctive colors, uh, they're, they're my favorite, of course. Now, I'm not going to have a story about everything. So some of these I'm probably going to just go through pretty quick. The state art medium. Want to guess what our state art medium is? It might throw you for a loop. It's not chalk or crayon. It's actually clay, which makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm down here in the Piedmont, and it's it's clay. I mean, we don't have... We don't have regular dirt, not out in the, in our gardens and stuff. Now, clay breaks down into red and gray clay. And red and gray, red and gray clay, kind of like I just said, that comes from the Piedmont. And that's from Triassic sediments. And in Seagrove, which is a real big pottery area, they still dig red clay out of the ground and make pottery out of it. So according to what I read, the red clay actually has more iron in it. And then the gray clay that they can find in like creek beds, that's really what they want to use for, for stoneware. Now up in the mountains, they have white clay. I haven't seen any white clay, but the mountains produce kaolin from feldspar and mica deposits. And they use the white clay for porcelain and ceramic. Now, like I said, I live in red clay. When I go out to work my garden every year, um, it's, it's clay. We've been dumping leaves and compost stuff trying to break it up but it's it's clay everywhere you go now when i was a kid my my parents had a or they my parents still have a pond on their property and that pond of course it's red clay and a lot of times during the summer i would go down there and literally with my hands just 
reach into the pond and or the edge of the pond and rake out you know buckets full of red clay and then i'd go up and make stuff out of it kind of like the potters it wasn't that quality but i'd make little figurines and stuff and then i'd set them out in the sun to dry and i'd play with them for a few days before they started cracking and busting and falling apart you know but uh red clay is, has been a big part of my life my entire life now let's talk fruit and this seems silly but we have a state red berry and a state blueberry we'll start with the state red berry so what do you think the state red berry is of course, the strawberry. It says North Carolina farms make about 19 million pounds of strawberries each year, or they produce 19 million pounds of strawberries each year. And this is worth about 30 million, so $30 million worth of strawberries every year. And that makes North Carolina number third in strawberry production. And strawberry picking, I've I seen the percentage on there. I forgot to write it down, but um, it was a surprising amount of people that are now doing the strawberry picking and there's several farms around my area where and if you don't know what this is you can go up and you walk out in their field you pick your own strawberries you fill the buckets up and you'll go back through and they'll weigh them and they'll charge you that way and people just enjoy picking their own strawberries um, I don't enjoy it uh, I'll be honest with you my wife wants to go up she likes it and it's fun the kids enjoy getting out and everything I enjoy spending time with my family but no, I don't enjoy squatting down, picking strawberries. But if you do enjoy that, that's fine. I'm not judging you. That's just my personal thing. Now, the state blueberry. You guessed it, the blueberry. The North Carolina state blueberry is the blueberry. I mean, is there is there another blueberry out there besides the blueberry? I can't, I can't think of a, another blueberry, and it's not even that blue. It's more purple. Anyway, North Carolina ranks number six in the nation for blueberry production. And that's due to 40 million pounds of blueberries harvested every year. Now, I've been actually trying to grow blueberries for a few years. And not to keep harping on red clay, but it's apparently hard to grow blueberries in red clay. In fact, the last bunch I planted, I think it was three or four, I actually dug a, a huge hole in the ground. I mean, down pretty deep. And then backfilled it with uh, more acidic dirt. That's what they say the blueberries like is this acidic dirt. So huge hole in the ground, backfilled with acidic dirt and peat and stuff like that. So I, you know, created this island of acidic dirt for this blueberry. I'm, they're still alive, actually, right now. I think, I think one of them may have died. There's three out there alive out behind my house. So uh, I'm hoping for the best. North Carolina State beverage. It's not Pepsi. Milk. Milk is our our North Carolina State beverage, and actually think milk is disgusting and please don't run me out of the state on a on a rail but i used to drink a lot of milk when i was a kid or i drank it in cereal um cereal did i say that? i drank milk in cereal and i like chocolate milk but i've never been one to just want a glass of milk now my brother-in-law he loves milk he, he'll drink uh gallons of milk if you have it available to him i've never been like that which is funny because I grew up in the shadow of seven dairy farms around my house, um, all in the community, you know. And milk is huge out here. It's nothing to see the milkman or the milk tanker going up and down the road at all hours. And several dairy farms around my area have, have shut down and sold off. But uh, milk is still a, a huge thing around here. Anyway, the state carnivorous plant. Now this one here actually kind of made me mad. You want to guess the state carnivorous plant? The Venus flytrap. Now, 
I did what I thought was extensive research on the Venus flytrap when I, I covered it for my Venus flytrap episode. It did not come up anywhere that the Venus flytrap was the North Carolina state carnivorous plant, or even that we had a state carnivorous plant. But that goes to show you that um, even when I do all the research I can, there's there's going to be stuff I miss. So I hope you don't judge me too much if, if you know something about one of my episodes and I I don't say anything about it. There's a chance I probably missed it, but um, I am doing the best I can. And if you hadn't listened to the Venus Flytrap episode, that's episode 77. Definitely check that out. I think that was that my first, that might have been my second YouTube uh, episode. State Christmas Tree. So I've actually covered this on the show too. Episode 67, uh, my end of the year special 2021. State Christmas Tree. It is the fur. And I, I don't know what else to say about the fir tree. Um, I talk about it a lot in episode 67. Now, in episode 67, I talk a lot about the Fraser fir. This doesn't say Fraser fir. Um, it just says fir is our, our state tree. I mentioned in somewhere near the beginning that our state colors are red and blue. I don't really know what to say about that. Now, our state dog. Our state dog is the plot hound. Now, some of you may have never even heard of the plot hound before. I've heard of the plot hound, but I'm not real familiar with hound dogs, but I, I've never really had a whole lot of full bred dogs. My, my mama, when we grew up, my mama would take in a lot of strays and stuff like that. We, we had a lot of mixed breed dogs growing up and we had a lot of dogs. I loved every one of them, but I've never had full blooded dogs, but the plot hound is, is definitely a really pretty dog. I'll have a picture of it in the show notes, but how did the plot hound become our state dog? So this story, it starts in the mid 1700s. So two brothers, they came here from Heidelberg, Germany, and they moved to Philadelphia. And my notes say that this was Johannes George Plot and his brother. It doesn't name his brother. And I'm assuming it's because he dies on the way over, but it doesn't even give a name for him. It just says Johannes George Plot and his brother. When they left Heidelberg, Germany, with them, they brought a group of Hanover, Hanoverian hounds. But they get to Philadelphia in 1750, and from there, they go to New Bern, North Carolina, and from there, they go to Cabarrus County. Now, in Cabarrus County, they started a family, started a farm, and began raising these these Hanoverian hounds. Is that right? Hanoverian hounds. They started raising these things. Well, in the 1780s, these hounds were passed to Johannes' son, Henry. Now, Henry and his family... They settled along the Pigeon River, which is in Haywood County, and this was the early 1800s. And it says this is near where the town of Canton is today. After a while, they went farther west, and they permanently settled between Richland and Dix Creek. And that area is referred to as the Plot Creek area. Now, back in the day, uh, a lot of wildlife would attack livestock, you know, cows, sheep, goats. And so people in the Plot Creek area they would get a hold of Henry and ask him to bring his hounds over to, to run these, these, I don't know if it was wolves back then, but probably wolves, bears, uh, probably cougars, but they would get these hounds to run all these predators off to help protect the livestock. And eventually, I guess they didn't want to call them Hanoverian hounds. They just started calling them plot hounds. And it says that plots are a hardy and superior hunting dog. They're very effective in the search for coyotes, wolves, and wildcats. When they say wildcats, I don't know if they mean feral cats. I'm assuming they mean bobcats and cougars. It says they were initially used to hunt wild boar, but they've also been used for big game hunting. 
And because of the plot family and their, their hounds, their plot hounds, and now there's three peaks in the Balsam Mountains called the Plot Balsams. And if you go down to Blue Ridge Parkway, there's also the Plot Balsam Overlook. That was all because of the Plot family and their Plot Hounds. And the Plot Hound became the state dog in 1989. Now, the state flower. This is kind of strange. The state flower is the dogwood flower. Now, it, the dogwood flower is really pretty, but it's a flower on a tree. But the dogwood is not our state tree. That's the fir. Um, it seems like they might have picked a native flower or uh, something, you know, uh, uh, some kind of actual orchid or something like that. It's strange that they picked a flower on a tree is all I'm saying, but the state flower is the dogwood flower. It was designated as the state flower in 1941. And one thing I learned in this, I had no idea. There's actually three species of dogwoods in North Carolina. That's the alternate leaf dogwood, the gray dogwood and the flowering dogwood, which is one of my favorites. Now, the state folk art. Folk art. Now, this is actually probably going to this is going to be an upcoming episode eventually. I've I've looked into it a little bit. The state folk art is the Whirly Gigs by Wallace Simpson. And if you've never heard of a Whirly Gig, you can google it. Again, I'm going to cover it eventually, and I'll probably put a a picture in the show notes of the Whirly Gigs. But they are are definitely cool. I'm not going to go too deep on them because I'm going to cover them, but if you ever go to Lowe's and you see the, the, the cool looking windmills or any garden center, the cool looking windmills, that's really what a whirly gig is. It's something that is, that spins around because of the wind. And in my notes, it says a whirly gig can also be a pinwheel, a spinning top, a buzzer, a comic weather vane, a gee haul. Is that G a gee haul, a spinner, a whirly gig, a whirly jig, uh, a whirly bird, or simply a whirly. That's a lot of names. So anyway, this guy, Vala Simpson, he started making these things. And they're not small. They're huge. Um, not like the ones you buy at the garden center. These things are humongous. He started making these uh, giant things, these giant spinning things on his farm in Wilson County. And this was when he was later on in life. He was right around the retirement age when he started building these things. Well, eventually, art collectors noticed what he had there, and they became very interested. And so one thing led to another, and now you can read all about the Whirly Gigs. I've seen them in Our State Magazine, and I'm going to cover them on this show. Well, in 2010, there was a plan to create the Wallace Simpson Whirly Gig Park in historic downtown Wilson, and I do know for a fact that uh, that, that was completed, or it, it's, it's there because I've... I've talked about going down there and seeing the Whirligig Park several times with my family. Now, the state folk dance. And I don't know if when I say folk, it's coming through all right. I'm not trying to sound dirty here. But the state folk dance, yeah, that's better. The state folk dance is clogging. And I don't care what you say. You can judge me. Clogging is really cool. And if you've never seen any kind of clogging, you should definitely get on YouTube and watch that now. Well, you might be on YouTube. You should switch over and watch some clogging right now. Maybe it's not your thing, but uh, I've seen clogging at different shows. I've seen it at the North Carolina State Fair, and I love watching clogging. It's something about the the synchronization and the sound. Clogging is, is really cool. Now, I couldn't find a whole lot about the history of clogging in North Carolina. I will dig into that. That could be a possible episode. But clogging is our state folk dance. Our state fossil 
is the Megalodon shark tooth. Now, there's a debate on whether the Megalodon is real or not real. I think it leans more toward it was real. Not like Bigfoot. There's a vast majority of people who think Bigfoot is not real. I'm not one of those. I'm a, I'm a believer. But uh, the Megalodon shark tooth is our state fossil. Our state water fish is the southern Appalachian brook trout. And I have no experience with trout at all. Again, I was born and raised here in the Piedmont. You know, I catch uh, bass, catfish, brim, um, crappie. Or if you're from up north, they call it crappie. Uh, but I don't have any experience with any kind of trout whatsoever. Although I can pick one out of a picture. I know what they look like. And when I go up toward the mountains, a lot of times when I'm riding around, uh, like Limbo Gorge or some of the rivers, I'll see some of the trout fishermen out there in the river. And uh, that's another thing. They're using those, those fly poles. I've tried to fly fish a couple times and, uh, I fumbly fingers or whatever it is. I, I can't pick up fly fishing. Now, did you know we have a state frog? Our state frog is the Pine Barrens tree frog. And I will post a picture of that in the show notes, although I don't think I've seen a Pine Barrens tree frog. Tree frogs are nocturnal, I'm pretty sure. I've only ever seen them at night. You can certainly hear them at night. And I've only seen two tree frogs my entire life. However, I'm not out there looking for them either. And tree frogs are, are definitely one of my favorite types of frogs. So it seems like I would go out and try to find some, but... uh. Pine Barrens tree frog, state frog. Our state fruit is the scuppernog grape. And that's probably not a surprise to any of you, the scuppernog grape. North Carolina is really starting to, to grow in the wine industry. And scuppernog grape is, is, one of the, is one of the main grapes that can be found here. Although I'm sure a lot of different varieties have now been cultivated here. But scuppernog is one that, that I've pretty much been around my whole life. Now, we have a, a state historical boat, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to say much on this, but our state historical boat is the shad boat. And if you don't know, shad is a, it's a type of fish. The only experience I have with shad is uh, catching shad with a cast net so we can use it for catfish bait. Our state horse is the colonial Spanish Mustang. I'm sure y'all have heard the story of the wild Mustangs down uh, down on the coast. I think there, there's some on Corolla. There's, uh, is Carrot Island, I think Carrot Island has some, Shackleford Banks. Now, I went out to Shackleford Banks one time, and, and the only time I've seen these wild horses, and I would, if you get a chance to go see the wild Mustangs, I would definitely recommend it. It's, it's really cool to see these horses running in a herd, not enclosed in a fence. And I know when we took our, our boat ride over, it was a little John boat, and, you know, he'll, he'll drop you off, or for us, he dropped us off and asked us what time we want to be picked back up. So me and my wife are just literally wandering around this area. There's no people. It's just um, deserted beach and sand dunes. And so we're wandering, we're wandering around. I, I want to see these horses, you know, and, and I respect the wildlife. I'm not going to go running up to them, although that's probably a bad idea anyway. But we walked around for probably 30, 40 minutes, and finally I seen one, and then I seen another one, and there was this herd there grazing. And it was it was one of the coolest things I've seen at the beach. Let's see, our state insect is the honeybee. And I'm not going to uh, get into a, any kind of platform here about the bees being endangered or how you should save them. But uh, if you have any space in your yard to plant any kind of flowers, definitely go ahead and do that. Bees, and not just the honeybees, are so critical. And for me, I plant a ton of sunflowers every year. In fact, they're not growing right now, obviously, but I may post some pictures of my sunflowers when I when I do 
uh, plant them when they grow up. But for me, I, I go through the rows of sunflowers I have out in my garden and it's, it's just the nicest thing to, to see all the bees doing their bee duties, you know, and the birds will come in too. And then you got the butterflies. And so when I plant four or five rows of sunflowers, it becomes this, this just busy habitat of, of wildlife and noise. And it's, it's wonderful. All right. You know, we have a state language. Want to guess our state language? English. (laughs) I'm not sure why that's a thing. I mean, I know we have a national language or, you know, what you expect to hear when you come here, but, um, I'm not sure why they decided to, to officially give us a state language. Anyway, our state mammal, and there's a lot of mammals in North Carolina. Would you like to try to guess the state mammal? I'll give you a few seconds. The state mammal is the gray squirrel. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be too critical of our choices, but we have a lot of a lot of mammals in this state, and I'm not sure why they chose a rodent for our, our state mammal. I mean, I don't have a personal problem with squirrels. They, they can be a great nuisance, and they can also be a, a great meal. But uh, it's a, a strange choice for, for mammal. It's not uh, what I would call majestic, I guess. And we also have a, a state marsupial. But I only know of one marsupial in the United States. I think that's all. Our state marsupial isn't just a possum, it's the Virginia opossum. Now, I don't know why it's got to be Virginia. If you follow this, follow this show, you know uh, I have a problem with Virginia. I think a lot of people have a problem with Virginia, especially if you drive through it. But um, I don't know why I can't just be the opossum. I don't... It, it, it seemed like you could just say opossum and be done with it. You don't have to tack Virginia on to, to everything about North Carolina. It gets on my nerves. Uh, but I only have one story about a possum, and I don't know if it was a Virginia possum, but it was a possum. But I used to work third shift, and I'd come home, and my wife would tell me that something got into the trash out on the porch, and I need to take care of it. And so one night, I guess it was probably a Saturday night, I wasn't at work. The motion sensor light came on, and my wife says, hey, that thing's out there. Get your gun and take care of whatever's tearing our trash up. And so I grab a twenty-two rifle, and I sneak over to the door. The motion sensor lights on. I can hear something out there rustling around. I cracked the door open and it's a possum, but it's not a possum. It's a baby possum. And I looked at him and he's just sitting there digging through the trash. Oh man. I shut the door, went back in and I told my wife, I said, I can't kill that thing. It's a baby possum. He's just trying to find some food. I'm not going to kill him. And she kind of agreed, you know, don't, don't need to kill no baby possum. I actually ended up naming him George after George Jones, because if you're a fan, George Jones's name was the possum. And so I would see him from time to time, but um, I never did kill him. What's funny is he got kind of used to, I guess, seeing me around. So eventually I got on first shift and I would go out, you know, four o'clock in the morning to go to work. And there was several mornings where I would go out and literally it's a narrow porch where I go out. So I would go out and my cat would be sitting on a rail over here and George would be sitting on a rail over there, just like they're having their morning meeting or something. But anyway, I don't have a problem with possums. They're, they're creepy. They're not very pretty, but possums are definitely more beneficial to us than, uh, than other nuisances, I suppose. All right. Next is our state military academy. The North Carolina State Military Academy is Oak Ridge Military Academy, and that's located over in Guilford County. 
and it was built in 1852. And I don't have a whole lot more to say about that, although I may take a deep dive into Oak Ridge and see what I can find for an episode. Our state mineral is gold. Now, I covered the Carolina Gold Rush in episode 31. It was actually the first gold rush in the United States. A lot of people think of the, the gold rush of 1949 out in California. But uh, the gold rush was a, the Carolina Gold Rush was a really huge thing for kind of a short time. Today, you can go down and visit Reed's Gold Mine. It's down there towards Charlotte. I can't remember if, exactly where it said. I've never been. I've wanted to go, but... Um, but apparently in Reed's gold mine, you can go through, and if you find any gold, you're allowed to keep it. Our state peanut festival is the Dublin Peanut Festival. Our state pottery birthplace is the Seagrove area. And our state precious stone is the emerald. Emerald is also my birthstone, actually. And uh, apparently emerald was a, a big thing here back in the day. I hadn't covered it in the in the podcast, but I, I've, I've uh, been around to different museums and read articles and apparently, uh, emerald ore, I guess it's emerald ore. Emerald mining was a big thing in North Carolina. I want to say that one of the largest emeralds in the world, or the largest emerald in the world, I'm not sure, don't quote me on that one, but I think it came from North Carolina. Now, our state quarter is the NC quarter. And some of you may be too young to remember state quarters. I don't remember what year it started. Probably late 90s. I know when Florida had that big voting uh, fiasco, there was a thing. Uh, that was when the you know quarters were coming out. But they made a, a special quarter for each state. And if you look around, you'll find one. It'll say, you know, Iowa on it, and it'll have a, a some kind of image on it. You know, North Carolina has one. I think it, I don't remember what was on it. But anyway, you might see California, you might see Kentucky. But the North Carolina quarter is the North Carolina state quarter. That's a weird statement. The North Carolina state reptile is the, is the eastern box turtle. Now, a lot of you probably have seen box turtles out in the woods. They're not typically around water, um, like a lot of turtles you may think. The box turtle is, is kind of a, a, a dry land loner. Now, I've, I found several box turtles growing up. But one in particular, I was probably 11 or 12. I found a turtle coming down the driveway, you know, and I was happy to find him. They're not dangerous, but you pick them up and they're called box turtles because they will literally close up into their shell, which looks like a box. So he closed up, you know, and I picked him up and I wanted to keep him as a pet. And so I went home. I took him home. I was on the driveway. I took him down to the house and I found a cardboard box and I'm put them in there and I put some grass and moss and there wasn't no internet back then. So there wasn't like I could look up, you know, how to take care of a box turtle. I was doing the best I can. Now, before you jump the gun, I kept him for probably two hours in his box, you know, and waiting. And I was waiting for him to poke his head back out. Occasionally he'd open up a little bit, but in my head, I thought that he would be so happy in this box and he would just run around and play. No, he stayed in his shell pretty much the whole time. And, I don't remember if it was my choice or my mom and dad's, but eventually they, it was collectively decided that he's better off in the wild. So, so I turned him loose and, uh, hopefully he's still kicking it out there somewhere. Our state rock is granite and our state salamander is the marbled salamander. And I've never actually seen a salamander in the wild. Salamander to me is a, a really cool creature because it's like a cross between a lizard and 
I don't know, a lizard and a fish, I guess you could say. So I'm, I'm, I'm really fascinated by salamanders. I've read a lot on them, but I've never actually seen one. Our state saltwater fish is the channel bass. Our state shell is the scotch bonnet. And I'll post pictures of all this in the show notes. Um, I go seashell hunting when I go to the beach, you know. Um, I look around for the cool ones. If I've seen a scotch bonnet, I don't know it. They all kind of, you know, I wouldn't say look the same, but there's they all fit into a general category. Our state song is the Old North State, and for copyright issues, I can't play the Old North State on here, but you can uh, definitely look that up. Our state sport, stock car racing, and I covered the the origins of stock car racing in, in episode one about moonshine, and that's because racing more or less got its start here in North Carolina. North Carolina is also home to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We also have the Charlotte Motor Speedway, even though the Charlotte Motor Speedway is in Concord. And a bunch of race car drivers come from North Carolina, including, but not limited to, Junior Johnson, Earnhardt Sr., Earnhardt Jr., Richard Petty, Lee Petty, Kyle Petty, Richard Childress, Dale Jarrett, Scott Riggs, and Buddy Baker. Our state theater is the Thalian Association. And I've actually never heard of the Thalian Association, but... The Thalian Association is a non-profit membership organization. It's dedicated to enhancing the rich artistic environment of the Cape Fear region. Now, the Thalian Theater goes back to 1788 when the Thalian Association Community Theater was founded. And it was built to kind of bring art and culture to, to the Wilmington area. And it says today that the Thalian Association Community Theater produces five major productions every year on the main stage at the Thalian Hall, and I will try to post some pictures of the Thalian Theater, or the Thalian Association Theater. The state wildflower is the Carolina Lily. Again, why couldn't that just be the state flower? The state butterfly is the Eastern Tiger Swallowtail, and I'm not a butterfly guy. I love butterflies, I mean, but I'm just saying I couldn't tell you that, hey, that's a swallowtail. I know the monarch. I think everybody knows the monarch by now, but... That's all I really know about butterflies. The state food festival is the Lexington Barbecue Festival. Again, I've never been to Lexington Barbecue Festival, but I heard that it is a throwdown when they have it. I worked with a guy who went several years ago, and he said he ate so much food out there, he didn't know how he made it home. And I'm going to cover North Carolina barbecue in episode eventually. I know I said it a lot of times in this episode, um, and this... This going through these state symbols and stuff didn't give me some ideas, but the North Carolina barbecue is something I've been been thinking about doing for a while. I've got some tentative research done on it. The thing about North Carolina barbecue is it's you know Eastern versus Western. It's a point of contention, and it I've seen people uh, get ready to want to get where they want to fight over over North Carolina barbecue. Our state collard festival, and I'm referring to collard greens is the Aden Collard Festival. Our state herring festival, which is the fish, I'm assuming the fish, is Jamesville Herring Fest. Our state peanut festival is the Dublin Peanut Festival. Our state shad festival is the Grifton Shad Festival. Our state shrimp festival is the, Sh- the Sneeds Ferry Shrimp Fest. Now, that was a handful of festivals there. I said several years ago that I wanted to start going to a lot of North Carolina festivals, and it, that was my intention. I went to the uh, Black Walnut Festival when I went to an Apple Festival, but then COVID hit, and that kind of 
put the kibosh on that. Um, but I do do want to get to where I, you know, take some time off work and go to, you know, obviously there's so many festivals in North Carolina. I can't hit them all in one year, but I would definitely want to start going to more of these festivals. If you've been to any of these festivals, I would definitely like to hear about them, see some pictures because, uh, for, for me, I have to try, you know, I'm in the middle of the state, so it's a, a long ride to the big, the Bigfoot festival in Marion or the Collard green festival, you know, and, uh, but I'm going to try to do better about getting to some of these festivals and even covering them for the, for the podcast, the state tree. Wait, didn't I already say state tree? Oh, that was the state Christmas tree. The state Christmas tree is the, the fur. The state tree is the pine. Sorry if that caused any confusion. So our state Christmas tree is the fur. Our state tree is the pine tree. And, uh, I know you've seen a pine tree. There's pine trees everywhere. Our state vegetable is the sweet potato. And the sweet potato, I actually watched a documentary several years ago on the sweet potato in North Carolina, but the sweet potato industry in North Carolina is humongous. In fact, we're the largest producer of sweet potatoes in the United States. And we have a state toast. And I'm not talking about bread. I'm talking about when you're drinking, you want to make a toast. Our state toast is here's to the land of the longleaf pine. And this was first read by Reverend Walter Moore in 1904 in Richmond. And he was at a banquet that was being hosted by the North Carolina Society of Richmond. And Here's to the Land of the Longleaf Pine comes from a poem called The Old North State. And this was written by Le- uh, Leonora Mon- Montiero Martin. And I may read that poem before this episode's over with. Now, if you remember, The Old North State is also our state song. That's because in the 1930s, a music teacher named Mary Burke Kerr, uh, she's a music teacher in Sampson County, well, she composed music to go along with the poem, The Old North State. And then in 1933, the General Assembly, uh, they recognized the Old North State song as our state song. And you know what? I said I was thinking about reading it. I will go ahead and read the poem. It's not that long. If you don't want to hear it, you can skip through just a a little bit. But here's the, the Old North State poem. Here's to the land of the longleaf pine, the summer land where the sun doth shine, where the weak grow strong and the strong grow, grow great. Here's to down home, the old North state. Here's to the land of the cotton bloom white, where the scuppernog perfumes the breeze at night, where the soft southern moss and jessamine mate neath the murmuring pines of the old North state. Here's to the land where the galax grows, where the rhododendron's rosette glows, where soars Mount Mitchell's summit great, in the land of the sky, the old North state. Here's to the land where maidens are fair, where friends are true and cold hearts rare. The near land, the dear land, whatever fate, the blessed land, the best land, the old North state. See, it's not too long. And I didn't realize it, but that's actually the end of my notes. So I'm at the end of my episode. I know this was a an, an unusual one. I didn't uh, I, I got away from my normal format, but I, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you learned something. I know I sure learned a little bit doing the research for it. And if you know some state things that I missed, you can go to www.dnceverythingpodcast.com backslash contact, and you can write the show and, and tell me all about uh, what you think and what I missed. Tell me you love it or hate it or any kind of thoughts you have about the show. I'm open for anything. 
And that's my official website for the NC Everything podcast. If you want to go back and listen to all my past episodes, I'm working on uploading past episodes onto YouTube. They'll be audio only. But if you want to go back and listen to any past episodes, that's www.thenceverythingpodcast.com. All my episodes are right there on the home screen. You can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is subscribe, rate, and review. By doing those three things, it helps others find the show, and it helps me go up in the rankings on podcast players. And that's all I have for you, so I'll talk to you next time. The music in this episode comes from archesaudio.com and freepd.com. <laughs>